Pelvic Rehab Research Podcast. My name is Becca Bissadolshensky, and I'll be your host guiding you as we take a deep dive into all things pelvic floor and research-based. Whether you're a pelvic newbie or a seasoned clinician, I'm here to help busy therapists listen through the Women's Health Study Guide. So if you're studying for the Women's Certified Specialist Exam or just interested in learning more about pelvic health research, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, welcome back to another article by Leaning et al. from 2002 on the possible role of the long dorsal sacroiliac ligament in women with peripartum pelvic pain. This was authored by Andrew Vleeming, Hates DeVries, Jan Menz, and Jan Paul Winkerden. These are Dutch researchers, and this was published in the Netherlands. So I was able to get the full publication without a paywall via Google Scholar, and the authors note that in order to understand the pathophysiology of women with peripartum pelvic pain, it's necessary to couple anatomical insights with relevant clinical research. So that long dorsal sacroiliac ligament is especially of interest because it was noticed that women diagnosed with peripartum pelvic pain frequently experience pain within the boundaries of this ligament. Studies directed to the sacroiliac joint revealed that the amount of friction between the articular surfaces of the SIJ is related to the degree of macroscopic roughening of the articular surfaces. It has been concluded that in general, this roughening is a normal process. To further validate that mechanism of form and force closure and hence that stability of the SIJ, research was focused on SIJ ligaments like the sacrotuberous ligament or STL and the long dorsal sacroiliac ligament. So I'm gonna call the sacrotuberous ligament the STL and the long dorsal sacroiliac ligament the LDL. So I just wanted to clarify that. So the STL shows extensive connections with the glute max, the long head of the biceps femoris muscle, and the sacrospinous ligament, but also anterior with extensive connections to the iliococcygeus muscle. Incremental loading of that STL restricts the amount of nutation on the SIJ and induced movement in the direction of nutation in the SIJ leads to increased tension of the STL and counternutation slackens the ligament. I want to go over nutation and counternutation because these are pretty nuanced things to just visualize over a podcast. So remember that nutation is slight posterior rotation of the ilium or that hip bone relative to the sacrum. Also remember that counternutation is slight anterior rotation of the ilium or that hip bone relative to the sacrum. So for visual people like me, loading the STL restricts that posterior rotation of the ilium and the STL is slackened in that anterior rotation of the ilium. So STL is tight in nutation, slack in counter-nutation. So onto the long dorsal ligament, sometimes it's missed during manual exams, but it's found directly caudal to that posterior superior iliac spine. It's a taut superficial structure and it mimics that feeling of a bony structure sometimes. So it's interesting to note that even though this is a pretty superficially located structure, adequate training and anatomy in vivo of this area is necessary to properly locate that ligament. 
And that's why I think a lot of those palpatory tests just aren't as effective for studies. So the LDL's length measured between the posterior superior iliac spine and the third and fourth sacral ligaments varies between 42 and 75 millimeters. And then the width of this ligament is 15 to 30 millimeters. So if you think about it, that can be up to like one inch thick and three inches in length. So that's a big ligament. That's kind of comparable to like some chapsticks. The LDL has pretty close relations with, and among others, the aponeurosis of the erector spinae, the posterior layer of the thoracolumbar fascia, and the STL that we just re-met a few minutes ago. Something that's really interesting is that the LDL is the opposite of the STL, where counter-nutation in the SIJ increases tension in the LDL, whereas nutation slackens it. So tension applied to the STL or the LDL is going to restrict contrary movements in the SIJ. So let's review it one more time. I'm just going to pretend everybody's super visual and, and repetitive base like I am. Counternutation creates a tense LDL and a slack STL. Nutation creates a tense STL and a tight LDL. So now that we've reviewed those mechanics, let's get into the study. The present study focuses on impaired lumbopelvic function of patients specifically included for peripartum pelvic pain. So the LDL is of special interest because it's noted that women with peripartum pelvic pain frequently experience pain within the boundaries of that ligament, and that's that thick chapstick ligament. So one study found a high intertester reliability for that LDL testing, as well as a high specificity. However, in this study, no strict distinction was made between lumbar and pelvic pain. So this study centers around the question of how many women diagnosed with peripartum pelvic pain indicate pain on palpation of that LDL. And then if pain during palpation in the LDL happens among that group of patients, that second question is going to come up is, is it possible to further validate our knowledge about the relation of the pain in that ligament and the occurrence of a counter-nutated position of the SIJ? Because remember, a counter-nutated position is going to have a tense LDL. This study shows that the ilium tends to slightly rotate anteriorly into that counter-nutation in patients with peripartum pelvic pain. So it was hypothesized that LDL pain could be a result of repetitive anterior rotation of that ilium relative to the sacrum, increasing the tension of the LDL. So to be able to test that hypothesis, two formally described and validated tests were used for diagnosing peripartum pelvic pain, and then were compared to the LDL test. So let's get into the study population. Everybody knows I love talking about the participants. So the mean age of the patients was 32.7 years, plus or minus 3.4 years. Parity ranged from one to six children with a median of two, and then the postpartum period ranged from half a year to about five years with a median of 1.7 years. The patients were selected from an outpatient clinic of a rehab center that specialized in chronic lumbopelvic pain. 
So inclusion criteria included one, pain in the lumbopelvic region defined as pain experienced between the upper level of the iliac crest and the gluteal fold. Two, pain during pregnancy or within three weeks after delivery. Three, the patient was not pregnant and the last delivery was six months to five years previously. And four, they were of age between 20 and 40 years. So let's talk exclusion criteria. One was a history of fracture, neoplasm or previous surgery of the lumbar spine, the pelvic girdle, the hip joint, or the femur. Another was signs indicating radiculopathy, an asymmetric Achilles tendon reflex, or passive straight leg raise restricted by pain in the lower leg. Another was systemic disease of the locomotor system. And then the last was insufficient knowledge of the Dutch language to complete the appropriate forms or any restriction interfering with the diagnostic process. They also had a secondary inclusion criteria, which was a positive posterior pelvic pain provocation test, that P4 or that PPPP test, and a positive ASLR test. So they did that bilateral palpation of the LDL, and they called this the LDL test. And this was scored from zero to three, zero being no pain and three being unbearable pain. The examiner was blinded to the study and then they were trained in palpation of the LDL test. So then what were the results? In the group of 178 patients with peripartum pelvic pain, 133 patients, so 74%, scored positive on both the P4 test and the ASLR test, at least on one side. In 35 patients, or 20%, the ASLR test was positive while the P4 test was negative, and in three patients, or 2%, the P4 test was positive, the ASLR test was negative. In seven patients, or 4%, both the P4 test and the ASLR test were negative. In the group of 178 patients, 76% indicated pain on LDL palpation. So, however, if the cutoff score for inclusion of peripartum pelvic pain, patients is raised to include both a positive ASLR and that P4 test, at least on one side, the sensitivity of the LDL test was 86%. In the group of 45 patients scoring negative on the P4 and or the ASLR test, at least on one side, sensitivity of the LDL test was down to 50%. If the cutoff score was to include severe pelvic patients only, so ASLR test and P4 test with a high pain, at least one-sided, the sensitivity of the LDL test went up to 98%. So what does all of that mean to us? To effectively transfer load from the spine to the pelvis and the legs and vice versa, nutation of the SIJ seems pretty crucial. Nutation winds up and tenses the largest SIJ ligaments, among them the sacrotuberous, sacrospinous, and the interosseous ligaments. So as a result of tension on the sacrospinous, sacrotuberous, and interosseous ligaments, and partially because of those muscular connections, the resulting generated compression, or that force closure, brings the posterior parts of the iliac bones together, and then it's going to stiffen, brace, or compress that SIJ. There was one study in peripartum pelvic pain patients testing positive on the ASLR test shown on x-rays with an impaired painful side 
and the leg freely hanging down, the pubic bone actually appeared smaller in the craniocaudal direction compared to the other pubic bone. So it's been anatomically demonstrated that a very small amount of counternutation of the SIJ increases the tension of that already normal taut LDL. It is speculated that the presented positive pain on palpation of that LDL in patients with peripartum pelvic pain in the present study is the result of straining the LDL because of an anterior rotated ilium, which counter-nutates in the SIJ. So the present finding is that the LDL seems frequently involved in pelvic and pelvic girdle pain and doesn't really substantiate that the LDL has to be treated selectively. It's just a symptom as a consequence of a failed load transfer. So the theory by Don Tigney regarding the mechanism of an anterior rotated ilium in patients with SIJ pain and problems suggests some pretty simple manual techniques to minimize the pelvic pain. So one study notes, and clinically, I know of many clinicians who just prefer the term posterior pelvic pain instead of SIJ pain, since it's not really completely understood how functional pelvic impairment is going to relate to anatomical structures and the SIJ. So the findings of this study helps with the understanding of the relationship between a positive LDL pain test and the occurrence of an anterior rotated ilium during the ASLR test and deserves further exploration. I just wanted to touch base again on Richard Dantigny. He's pretty well known for his SIJ methods and exercises. He has his own website and is kind of a pioneer in the low back pain relief world. I'm sure many can disagree with some of his approaches and his treatments, but I think in general, free educational materials and treatment offerings for patients and clinicians is pretty commendable. You can Google his name if you're interested in learning more, but I, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. Um, it's Richard Don Tigney. I'm pronouncing it the way that it's spelled. So let's jump into conclusions, which is also very conveniently our take home points. It suggested that pain in the LDL could be related to a strained LDL as a result of repeated or sustained counter-nutated position of the SIJ. Also, the pain experienced during the P4 test could partially be a result of pain in the LDL. These authors concluded that the combination of the ASLR, the P4, and the LDL pain test combined with the proposed in an exclusion criteria seems promising to differentiate between mainly lumbar and pelvic complaints. So even though the sensitivity of the LDL pain test seems promising, further clinical study is necessary, specifically targeting that LDL. An important drawback, though, of that LDL test is the fact that they noted the difficulty that many examiners experience in properly locating that posterior superior iliac spine, which complicates that accuracy. All right, pelvic people, that's going to do it for our second article by Vlemming, which I I love this article. We're heading out of the Netherlands and into our next article by Wang in 2004, and that's on low back pain during pregnancy, the prevalence, risk factors, and outcomes. So this is a short one. It's probably going to be in combination with Williams 2007 on the prevalence of postnatal perineal morbidity and its relationship to perineal trauma. So I hope to see you all listening at our next review. Bye, everyone.